welcome to another episode of the Big Knowledge Football Dynasty Podcast. I'm Sonny and I'm your host. So what's up? Welcome back. How you doing? Hope everything's going well. Uh, today's show, I think a few episodes ago, we had a show about stud potential wide receivers that I felt like we could get uh, late in our rookie drafts or even possibly free. Um, so today we're going to do an episode on running backs that I feel like we could possibly get uh, late or free that I think have some stud potential. Maybe not quite on the same level in terms of stud, but I think you know in today's day and age, uh, there's only a handful of real studs, and we still consider some of these impact running backs studs. So it'd be more like an impact running back, but I still think there's a lot of potential in, in some of these later rounds. So I realize as I've talked about running backs or this this draft class so far, uh, the only running backs I've mentioned, I've kind of mentioned in the terms of I probably won't be taking them uh, with Rodney Anderson and uh, David Montgomery and even Benny Snell, which, by the way, I'll mention on Benny Snell. I- I've noticed, you know, when I first did that podcast, I kind of was thinking he was going to be one of the more coveted running backs. And then I've noticed as, as, as far as ADP uh, and things I've seen, he's not really getting coveted nearly as high as I thought. So that's one I'm already kind of going, well, we'll see what happens, but I'm not I'm not feeling nearly as strong about that take. I really like Benny Snow if I can get him late, um, but that's beside the point. So anyway, um, yeah, I've been a little negative. I've been telling you all the guys I don't want, so today I think it's a good time to uh, go ahead and just give you a few guys that I think I am going to try to land, and you know how I like to get them cheap and or even free. So that's what I'm going to be looking at is guys that I think um, are going to have some value and that are really are good quality players or potentially really quality players and you know have just as much potential to break out and and show us some of these things as any of these other guys i think that's a big part of why i don't feel real strongly about a few of these guys at the top of the draft it's just because i really don't feel that they're that much better than a huge handful of these guys down lower in the draft and so yeah combine's coming in a few days and and i was thinking about talking about that but i'm just going to let the the combine play itself out i'm going to record all of it Maybe for the first time ever. I've always checked in on the combine, but I've never. I don't think I've ever watched the entire thing. But I plan on watching the whole thing this time. I'm gonna record the whole thing and just, you know, I'll fast forward through the parts of the guys that I don't really have much interest in, especially on defense. But I will be kind of keying in on a lot of the players that I think could potentially, you know, make impacts, including some of the defensive players. So anyway, let's go ahead and and get into the podcast. We've got three running backs. I. Last time I kind of ordered them in, in the order which I thought maybe would be most expensive to least expensive. With these three guys, I really, when I went and looked at the ADP on my fantasy league, the first guy I've seen in other areas where he's getting drafted a little higher, but in, in ADP right now, he's like in the 30s. So essentially all three of these guys are either fourth round picks, like early fourth or later, free. So all three of these guys are very, very uh, doable, very gettable um, should be very affordable to add to your roster. So the first guy I want to talk about is Ohio State running back Mike Weber. He's five foot nine, five foot ten, two hundred fifteen pounds. Out of high school, he came out as a four-star prospect. I think it was like a ninety-six uh, rating. He in twenty fifteen Zeke. He was behind Zeke. Didn't really play much. I think he even redshirted, and Zeke was the main guy there. And then in twenty sixteen, Weber was the guy. I think it was J T. Barrett was the quarterback in a much more running-oriented quarterback situation. Uh, so it was essentially Barrett and Weber, and then J.K. Dobbins came along in 2017. Mike Weber got actually hurt, so it looked as though Dobbins had overtaken Weber, and then in 2018, they kind of shared the load. It kind of split the carries 
Um, in fact, actually, J.K. Dobbins got almost 60 more carries and only had 100 more yards. He had about 1,000 yards, and I think Weber had 900 and something yards. So Dobbins had more touchdowns. You know, like he was more of the, the coveted back, and he, but he's also the much more hyped back. He's the guy that, that uh, I have him in a, in a Debbie league, J.K. Dobbins, and that's, I've kind of watched this situation closely, and I, I think he's underperformed uh, where, where everyone has kind of put him on that pedestal as the next Zeke. And I think that's why I really wanted to, to mention Mike Weber because I think he's stuck in this weird situation. You know, we talk about desirability scale all the time. And for some reason, when you get to be that guy who's in between the great ones, people automatically dismiss you. And I feel like um, with Mike Weber, Zeke was so great. And then Weber comes along and he was good. He's, you know, we'll talk about his skill set here in a minute. But then when he actually had competition from J.K. Dobbins, at first it looked like in 2017 that he was out being outperformed, but he really had a hamstring injury and dealt with some other injuries or just didn't really ever make it back from that injury, from what I understand. So 2018 comes along, and you're thinking, okay, it's all J.K. Dobbins. It's his time to shine. Mike Weber, you know, had his chance and just didn't really, you know, he's kind of been relegated to the secondary guy. But it didn't work out that way. The team really relied on both of them, and Weber averaged five and a half yards a carry. Dobbins, four and a half yards a carry. And like I said, Dobbins had considerably more touchdowns. I think twice as many, 12 to 5 or 12 to 6. But the, the point is, is that when you watch them run and you watch the offense, um, it was equally effective, if not more effective, sometimes with Weber. And I get that sometimes, you know, if you're the second guy, you know, the, the kind of complimentary back, you're going you're gonna to have a little bit of easier time getting your way. But at the same time, I feel like, Let's just get into his his actual skill set, and then you'll see what I'm saying. He has the the traits, the, you know, he has the pedigree of a great running back. He came out as a four star prospect, not five star, but close. He battled with a young stud and has shown the, the ability to carry the offense by himself when needed. I love his build. He's kind of short and stocky. He's he's got that compact kind of root, but really quick feet. He's I wouldn't say he's really fast, but he's fast. I mean, for a running back, he's fast. And um, I don't think we can say that about too many running backs in this class having breakaway speed, having the ability to break off the big runs. And Weber did have some big runs. He has good lateral quickness. There's sometimes it didn't seem like it, where it seemed to me like he didn't have that like jump cut ability. But then there would be other times where I'd see him weaving through and making just really quick. His, he was moving forward and still making cuts. Um, that's always what guys are looking for is the ability to just kind of not lose their their speed while still making moves and keeping his balance and staying upright. Uh, powerful, I wouldn't say super powerful. To me, he didn't have like pile moving ability, but he did have um, good pop when he ran. He ran with pop. So I kind of saw a guy. He could be one of the few guys in this draft with that that could literally turn out to be an all around back. I think there's a lot of guys um, that are satellite backs or they're kind of the one two first and down type backs but don't potentially have the all-around game. And he hasn't really shown a lot of the catching ability, but he did have some catches. He had 21 catches in one season and 20-something catches. So a little, you know, almost two catches a game. Um, that's enough for me to say that he's not completely uh, useless in the passing game, and they never really used, used their running backs that much in the passing game from what I saw. So anyway, my first guy, Mike Weber, I'm feeling pretty good about him. I'm not sure where he'll end up, and I'm not necessarily in love with him as a player, but I think for the price... I think he's definitely being overlooked. I think the fact that he kind of got sandwiched between Zeke and J.K. Dobbins has forced people to kind of dismiss him and say, well, they can't have three great running backs in a row, and he's not, you know, he's the odd man out. But we'll see. You know, in this running back class, which is kind of weak, 
And I've talked about this last episode where I think the nothing is coming from the 2020 class and it's going to come and turn a lot of these guys into nothings. So for me, it's it's kind of pick your poison. You might as well pick a guy uh, a little bit later. If you can get some value on some of these running backs later, it's a better thing because we just never know who's actually going to get those times. And, and I would rather take a bet on a guy you know, falling into the right position who's a cheaper bet than a guy falling into the right position who's a first-round draft pick. So... There's our first guy. Second guy I want to talk about is Bryce Love out of Stanford. So we talked about Rodney Anderson uh, in the last episode, and, and I didn't forget to mention one thing, which was I could not find anyone who thought he was a good pass protector. Uh, and that was actually a big red flag that I forgot to mention. You know, I, I said I wanted to be more concise and, and not ramble on so much, but I also, you know, you know me, I go off on tangents, and I ended up missing something that I thought was a super key component um, to – to what I was to to what my final decision was, which is, if you're, you're you know the thing about Ronnie Anderson is he does have the build um, and the running style that it looked like he could be physical. So I'm not going to put it past him uh, that he couldn't develop that. But it also concerns me a guy as injury prone as he has been and is also not that willing to uh, just get it up in there as much as um, one would like. It just concerns me on some different levels and and then. You're never going to be that all-around three-down back if you can't protect your quarterback in the NFL. So that is a concern for me. I don't think it's, you know, obviously things can develop, and he's got all the potential in the world to develop. Um, But anyway, back to Bryce Love. The reason I bring that up is because when I talked about Rodney Anderson, I really thought he would be a value because of coming off the injury, because there are some questions. I really felt like second, third, fourth round was potentially where we could land him. But that's not where he's going. He's still much on people's radar as one of those top, uh, not just one of the top running backs, but a top 12 talent, you know, a top first round pick kind of guy. And for me, that's just too much. And so when I look at Bryce Love, I feel like maybe he's the one that's actually getting that discount treatment where there is a potentially very impactful player in Bryce Love who now that it has coming off this ACL injury, he's kind of been relegated, and I see him being very far down in the drafts, in the ADP. Just nobody's really excited about him. No one feels, because he's small, because he had the injury, um, nobody projects him to be an every-down back, so immediately he's kind of getting dismissed. But let me talk about uh, Bryce Love for a second. So he's coming out as a senior. He's 5'10 and 196 pounds, so he is a little undersized for, you know, ideally for a running back. Four-star prospect, so he, you know, definitely was coveted out of high school. He battled injuries all through 2017. In 2017, he had one of the most incredible you know, seasons in terms of rushing. So even even after having just an amazing season, uh, he had 20, what was it, something absurd, 2,100 yards, 19 touchdowns, all on 263 carries, which is 8 yards a carry. And, you know, I, I noticed that something in there, he had 13 carries of 50 or more yards in 2017. This is Bryce Love. So this is an explosive player. I mean, we talked about David Montgomery and how his longest carry of the season last year in 257 carries was 39 yards. Bryce Love in 2017 had 13 carries of 50 or more yards in one season. So this guy is explosive. He's fast. He has good agility and vision. I wouldn't say great. Um, average strength, maybe that's his real weakness, is he doesn't like burst. He doesn't run through tackles. I never really saw him just like tearing guys off or showing more strength than his size. But at the same time, like he was strong enough. What what I my feeling, and this is get to the bottom line on him, um, is a he didn't stay healthy enough. But we're going to end up getting that back in return as far as value, as far as what we're paying for him. We're, we're getting that discount, uh, so we don't have to sweat that so much. Uh, but what I really see is I feel like I 
I want to comp him not necessarily to the skill set and playing style of Philip Lindsay, but the opportunity of Philip Lindsay. And what I mean by that is when we're looking at these running backs now, we have to accept the fact that a huge number of these guys are sharing time. It's just what portion of that time are you getting? So either you're going to be the receiving back, which a lot of guys you know excel at, but then they're not really the first and second down guy, or you're going to be the first and second down guy, or you're going to be a hybrid of those things. And what I think Philip Lindsay is and some of these other guys are kind of a hybrid of these things. And when you have the explosiveness, you have the ability to make big plays, and you're still competent in the other areas, my gut feeling tells me that what teams are looking for is to, like with a Philip Lindsay or with a guy like Bryce Love, is you bring this guy into your team, you give him your premium carries. You make sure he gets his 15, 18 touches a game. You don't want to over push him with those carries, but you want to give him quality carries. You want to give him carries that are set up to give him opportunities to exploit those big plays. And that, to me, is an impact player that we as Dynasty players want. So we're not so much focused on the fact that he has 25 carries or 29 carries a game and has the capacity or the ability to carry such a load. Carrying that load just means he needs that number of carries sometimes. A lot of these guys, what I worry about, especially with David Montgomery and a couple of these other guys, is I feel like they need that 25 to 29 carries to be effective. And they may end up in a timeshare where they're the secondary guy who's just spelling that more explosive primary guy. And so they may end up getting 18 carries a game as well. But those 18 carries may not be the the choice carries or they may not be able to do the same with those carries. I just feel like, you know, when I I compare Bryce Love to, to Lindsay. He's an undersized guy. He's a guy that isn't going to be able to just go out there and be your every down back, but he can be close. And if you have him in there complimented with another guy, he is going to get a lot of valuable choice carries. And that's what we want as fantasy players. And at the cost he's coming at, I think it's going to be an extreme value. And I will definitely have Bryce Love um, on my to-get list, especially if he stays kind of lower on the list. You know, he's he got an invite to the Combine. And he can't really perform in a lot of the things. So there's not going to be a lot he can show, although everyone already knows his speed and everything. So there's going to be an interesting thing, just a matter of how teams value him and where they think they can get him based on the injury and just what they saw from him over those couple years. He you know, he didn't show what Christian McCaffrey showed in the receiving game. He, he definitely didn't um, have that same... That, that's a little bit concerning because I'd like to see more receiving. I think Philip Lindsay is, is a better receiver and showed a lot of natural receiving ability. But at the same time, I saw some from Bryce Love. I didn't, he wasn't just completely incompetent. And also, he was an incredible rusher. He was a better rusher than, than uh, Christian McCaffrey was at Stanford. And a little undersized, but also just showed that versatility to, to kind of do multiple things. So for me, that's, that's a definite value play, and I'm, and I'm going to be keeping it. And the thing about this running back is I have a list of three here, but I also have three more running backs that are also almost exactly like this. I didn't want to just cram them all in to... Uh, you know, one podcast. So I'm going to kind of find another time where I'm going to pop out three more. So I wanted to see some of this after the combine. I felt a few of these guys because they're not going to the combine or they're not actually um, doing much of the combine. It won't really matter now or then. Uh, It's based on what I see on tape and and stuff. So let's go ahead and get to the final guy, Bruce Anderson, running back, North Dakota State, 5'11", 210 pounds, I see Bruce Anderson going nowhere. I mean, I do hear people talking about him. There's some guys that have a little love for Bruce Anderson, but not in terms of where he's being drafted. This is a guy that uh, we could probably just wait, get him as a free agent, see if you have a little, if you have extra roster spots that you don't have to cut down till closer to the season. These are the kind of great 
adds to, to add as a guy like Bruce Anderson because he may just work his way up the depth chart or you might find something more more compelling happening throughout preseason that will then allow you to keep him or you might just find that he's not he's not able to stick but I, I don't know I, I I don't see him not able to stick that doesn't it doesn't really um, sound like the thing about Bruce Anderson I'm just going to cut right to the chase like I'm trying to do I see him as more of the modern day running back there's something about him that I feel like is more what the NFL is looking for. You know, a guy who can pretty much do the the physical physical between the tackles, um, normal kind of running, pass blocking things that they ask from their running backs, but is much more versatile in the passing game. That is is more of a wide receiver than your typical running back. And so, let me talk about Bruce Anderson just for a second. He's going against subpar competition, so that that's one thing I will mention, especially when I talk about his strength, but. He has quick feet, has great agility and change of direction, and seems to just really like explode and do kind of you know what people were talking about with the Saquon. I saw a little bit of that from Bruce Anderson, but I felt he had a little more get up to get there and, and a little more agility where he would kind of create the inside, but also maybe a tendency to, to cut outside too much. I read that in a couple of scouting reports too. People said he he didn't he he wouldn't wait for the play to develop, and I saw that a little bit. I could kind of see what they're talking about. Uh, but he was powerful for his size from what I saw. I loved the way he was breaking tackles. I loved the way he just he rocketed towards the line. He rocketed towards um, players, was not afraid of contact. Um, like I said, it's hard to tell with the subpar competition, but at the same time, he was he definitely showed a physicality. Then I heard him at the Senior Bowl. He got injured at the Senior Bowl and wasn't able to play in the game, but he was impressive in the practices. And he kind of talked about how he felt he was a versatile player and, and it was he wasn't afraid and, and loved kind of that getting after it. And I love to hear guys talk like that. So he was also another positive for me. He was a kick returner. So he, you know, for, for guys like me who have special teams points in their leagues, pretty much all my leagues have scoring in your special teams. Um, I like guys like that because then it kind of gives you a floor sometimes or just a player that's an emergency play. If you have a guy that is at least getting kick returns, you know that if you had nobody else or in injuries or bye weeks, you might be able to stick him in there. And then there's always the potential that somebody gets hurt and he kind of moves his way into a better, better position. He has, this is the one, like I said, his, what I really feel like is he has great hands and he looks so natural as a wide receiver and he ran routes like a wide receiver sometimes. They would put him out in the slot. Saw a lot of things uh, that really excited me and, and kind of reminded me of maybe even Alvin Kamara where they had him kind of doing more coming out and, and re, re, the quarterback really relied on him and looked to get the ball to him. It wasn't just kind of a check down, let's just dump the ball off. It was a planned, designed play to get the ball to your running back who kind of plays like a wide receiver at times. His pass protection was okay. I would say it's pretty good. From what I read in scouting, it, it was pretty good. That was the thing, you know, even with the Rodney Anderson, I, I'll tell you, I don't do my own pass protection scouting per se. I do, you know, look at it a little bit when I watch the game cutups, but I, I think that with the technique and those kind of things, it's not something that I'm really looking to put my time into. So I do I do rely on other scouts and stuff for, for some of my attributes that I look at for my things. And one of the things is pass protection. So that's how I kind of came to my conclusion on Rodney Anderson was more, I just started searching scouts and trying to see if anyone thought he blocked well. And the consensus was pretty much no. Uh, but there's not that much game tape on Rodney Anderson. So it's hard to tell at this point. But also, like I said, I, I felt good about the pass protection, and I felt like the scouts felt good about the pass protection on Bruce Anderson. Other positives, he was an honor roll student at North Dakota State. I think that's a good a good thing. I've always, you know, guys who are, are students, then they're, they're going to be a student of the game as well, most likely. 
you know, it is a small school, but it's a small school where Carson Wentz and, and a handful of other guys have been making it to the pros. So they've kind of got a really good system there. They've shown that they can develop talent and acquire talent. So it's not like he's on a completely um, team that's just out in the middle of nowhere doing. If you watch their games, there's a lot of fans there. Um, they're into it. They have you know, they're, they're definitely have their own brand that they're building there at North Dakota State in a way. So definitely impressed with Bruce Anderson in a lot of ways. Um, he one of the downsides that I do have concern about is he has the potential, and a lot of these guys in this draft, and a lot of the running backs just in general have the potential to be what I like to consider roster cloggers, where you kind of know they have potential, and you you don't quite know what to do with them. I feel like John Kelly was that that for me last year, and I still don't know what to do with him. Uh, even guys like Jordan Wilkins, who I thought played pretty well, but most people are down on, so I have no real trade value with them. At the same time, he's not really the starter, and I have no signs that that point to the fact that he's got the starter position or even has a chance at the starter position so those are the tricky ones that you want to hold on to him you see some potential but you end up kind of stuck with the roster clogger um and and i'd mentioned before and i'm going to keep mentioning the nothing is coming in 2020 jk dobbs i didn't mention him yesterday he's another one of the handful guys and there, and there's more and so every year there's good players and in this year i'm sure there will be more guys that sneak out of the woodwork i've got a few more that i really like and not all guys can hold on to their jobs, not the guys in the league, not these guys coming in. So we have to kind of keep on watching running backs and also consider running backs and, and how quickly that they churn through in, in the league. And remember that when you're building your dynasty team, that you don't want to spend too much capital on your running backs, even though you know running backs are key to winning in dynasty football. It's one of your most important positions. They also are very volatile and they're hard to predict and they're hard to hang on to for long periods of time so you need to stay somewhat fluid and not spend too much capital getting them it's better in my opinion to spend uh, more flyers and just kind of bank on trying to land one or two of these guys late you don't need that many running backs that's the other thing if you if you build up on wide receivers at least you know and you you land some really stud guys you know you've got uh, a guy who's more likely not to get hurt more likely to play a longer career and most leagues, a lot of times, it's two running backs and three receivers. It's at worst, it's two and two. But finding that, you know, if you can get one stud running back, finding a secondary running back, and then if you have to fill in your your slot positions, your your uh, flex positions with with wide receivers and tight ends or whatever you can, if that's an if emergency plan, uh, rather than just spend all your capital on running backs that you may not necessarily believe in. That's at least my philosophy, and I would rather. Um, still add running backs that I believe in, but just much later, and then you kind of get the the best of both worlds in a way. So that is it. I'm going to go ahead and cut the podcast short today. I just wanted to kind of get this one out. I may have time to put another podcast out tomorrow, depending on how my time with my family goes. If we end up not, you know taking the whole day, then I won't. But if we have a little window, I've already got another podcast planned as far as some players I want to talk about. So. Tomorrow I might put out another one, and if I have the time to do it, I will put it out. I'm not going to hesitate. I don't care about spreading them out over a week or whatever. If I can put out one today, put out one tomorrow, that'd be awesome. If not, it may be it may end up being a couple of days or a week. You just never know uh, with me, but I will. Uh, like I said, I'll take that opportunity if I can. So stay tuned. I may have another podcast or two coming out soon, and then I will definitely be tuning into the Combine. I'm pretty excited about just watching certain players. I was going to kind of make a list of things that I thought I'd be looking for, but honestly, there's so many things I'm going to be looking for, and it's really going to be just better to to wait to see what happens and then let the storylines kind of make themselves. It's much easier than trying to you know imagine every possible storyline. So I'm excited. I'm going to record it all. I'm going to watch it all. 
and I will report to you what my feelings are on that when we come back around after the you know after I get a chance to kind of assess it. And that's it. So if you want to get a hold of me or find me on Twitter at Big Knowledge F O one, that's Big Knowledge Football, or you can email the show at bigknowledgefootball at gmail.com. And that's it. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you soon.